Welcome into this week's edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast alongside SunDevilSource.com publisher Chris Cartman. I'm your host, Kerry Crowley. Chris, last week we talked about ASU ending a more than 100-day drought in terms of its recruiting cycle and the commitments it had landed or had yet to land with the Sun Devils adding four-star quarterback Blake Barnett, the Alabama transfer who transferred out to Palomar College after four games this season for the Crimson Tide. He offered his commitment to the Sun Devil program and later that day after we recorded the podcast, ASU continued its strong recruiting momentum with the addition of four-star cornerback Alex Perry. And later on in the week, the Sun Devils kept the four stars rolling in with the addition of a local prospect and devil backer prospect Tyler Johnson out of Highland High School in Gilbert. So all of a sudden, the Sun Devils really starting to get a roll on things here in the recruiting cycle. Yeah, really good uh, momentum for the Sun Devils and Todd Graham. Uh, I think that um, that's going to help them subsequently. They, they've had a lot of... Uh, uh, higher profile kids that have been on campus in the last couple of weekends. Uh, I know fans were starving for information and we kept reminding everyone that uh, a lot of the commitments and, and things that they were hoping to hear for in terms of news aren't going to happen until uh, guys start to take the, the official visits. And so now that that process has happened, you're seeing more commitments and there's uh, reason to believe that based upon uh, the, the players that they have uh, coming in, that there, that there are more in store. Of course, when you look at ASU's class overall, Kerry, they're sitting on 11 commitments right now. Uh, they're going to end up with north of 20, and you only have six weeks left of the cycle. So you're going to have one to two uh, commitments on average per week over the next month and a half. That's a very exciting time. So last week we broke down what Blake Barnett would bring to the Sun Devils as a prospect, why they ended up going in on another quarterback. I think it's relatively obvious why they wanted Alex Perry in this cycle. They need more than just one cornerback. They need quite a few defensive backs to help out a secondary that's finished last in the FBS and passing defense over the last two years. You had a great analysis on the site, a premium analysis of what Alex Perry can bring. Uh, just some of his skills that uh, some of fans might not know about, what does he uh, help the Sun Devils do in the defensive backfield? Well, first of all, you have to credit his brother, Armand Perry, with an assist. Um, uh, they're very close, and, and uh, they were able to get uh, Armand Perry, one of the few guys they've taken out of Nevada uh, in recent years, uh, who's a starter on the back end for ASU. And Al- Alex Perry's a little different than his brother. Uh, even though Armand Perry played corner and nickel early on at ASU, he's transitioned to safety. He's a bigger-framed guy than Alex Perry uh, is. Alex Perry's much more of a cover corner. Uh, he's a, a well-regarded uh, in fact, he's um, ranked 139 overall in the class by scout, uh, the 15th top uh, defensive back, and uh, he is number six in the West among cornerbacks. So um, what I like about Alex Perry, um, we'll probably get into a lot more on the premium side, but uh, this is a guy who's been battle-tested, and you know that because uh, uh this uh, Bishop Gorman High School has won eight uh, state championships in a row. Uh, they have one of the most impressive winning streaks in the country. They travel around the country and have played some of the best. They've, they've, they're among the best teams uh, nationally. And then Alex Perry himself has gone around to, uh, he's been very active on the camp circuit. And so he's gone up against a lot of the best players in, in the country with ASU being the worst passing defense nationally the last two years. They, of course, need all the help that they can get 
in the secondary. Yeah, Bishop Gorman plays a number of high-profile games each year. They really try and get out of the state of Nevada and add to that competition. So I, I've kind of followed the recruitment of Alex Perry very closely during the regular season because I knew that TJ Rushing and Dell Alexander were going up there for a game. I knew that he was the brother of Armand Perry. And it seemed like week after week when Bishop Gorman was uh, playing non-league games, Alex Perry was going one-on-one with some of the best wide receivers in the country. And so clearly he's among the most battle-tested cornerbacks just coming out of high school. And that gives the Sun Devils a big addition and someone who could potentially get in the mix right away as ASU graduates a starting corner and Gump pays. The Sun Devils don't have much existing depth in the defensive backfield. You figure a guy like Chase Lucas will get a long look next season. Robbie Robinson as well, who is a freshman who played sparingly this year. But uh, Alex Perry, definitely a needed addition for the Sun Devils in the secondary. They've definitely showed a willingness to play guys right away uh, if, if they're capable of it. And Alex Perry's not the biggest guy. He's going to have to continue to get uh, bigger and stronger uh, as uh, he gets to the college uh, strength and conditioning program and training table and all that. But certainly um, he's somebody that we think is a good prospect and fits the mold of what they're trying to do ideologically on defense and, and wouldn't rule out his ability to contribute right away. Now, the next commitment that Arizona State landed was from Tyler Johnson out of Highland High School in Gilbert. Johnson, a four-star recruit with a long list of high-profile offers. You saw Alabama, Michigan, Florida State on that list. He ends up choosing the Sun Devils on Friday. Chris, I know you've talked to him at various points or at least tried to talk to him and get him to open up through the recruitment process. Johnson pretty quiet during the recruiting process, hasn't talked much about his recruitment, but a a high-profile local player that the Sun Devils wanted to land. He was near the top of their board. He played a lot of tight end his first few years in high school, ended up transitioning to the defensive side of the ball his senior season, and that's really where he sees himself. He's a devil backer prospect for ASU. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who's very reserved, doesn't really like to uh, share his feelings on things, kind of introspective. I think uh, based upon some of his social media posts, um, he's had some bad experiences just in general with people outside of uh, football. And so that makes him a little bit skeptical of, of uh, interacting with people he doesn't really know all that well. Um, it, he's, uh, as you mentioned, a guy who was a, a standout player in terms of uh, his potential at least uh tight end defensive end he was more of an offensive player uh earlier on as uh, at uh, gilbert highland and then as a senior he knowing that he wanted to be a defensive player in college uh took on more of a um role in that fashion but still played both ways uh, as a guy who's physically very mature 240 plus pounds at six foot four. He's a, a jumbo athlete. You really can't have too many of those types of guys that are uh, multidimensional. And, and ASU's had some pass rushers, as you know, carry at that position who haven't been so full service guys. They've been really more uh, oriented toward uh, being pass rushers as opposed to being full service every down guys. And, and Tyler Johnson has that combination of size and athleticism to enable him to be good against the run and and, and um, just a more uh, versatile type of a player. Now, he is still pretty raw um, overall and hasn't spent an awful lot of time developing technique and things of that nature. He, he's been able to accomplish most of what he has just on natural ability, uh, but there's not a lot of guys that have this combination of size and athleticism in the West. And... Um, and so we'll we'll have to see kind of how his career arc unfolds. There there are some questions about intangibles, you know, passion for the game, and 
um, you know, um, you know, just how team centered that he's been and, and, and some other things um, that you're going to have to keep an eye on that are potential red flags. But as a local prospect who has this type of um, profile, uh, it, it makes sense why ASU would, would, would definitely take him. And he's the number four ranked prospect in the state. And you've got a, a very thorough prospect evaluation of Tyler Johnson and a devil backer evaluation of the Sun Devils current situation up on the site on sundevilsource.com. Johnson ranked as scout by the fifth-ranked tight end in the West, the 13th-ranked tight end in the country. But again, his his passion is on the defensive side of the ball. That's where he wants to play in college, and that is uh, presumably where ASU will have him start out when he begins his career next fall. Um, but if you if you do go to the scout website, the sundevilsource.com drop-down menu that we have for football recruiting, uh, things were looking a little bleak for Sun Devil fans uh, in that portion of the website a few weeks ago. Not the case anymore, Chris, right now, is the Sun Devils, with the addition of Blake Barnett, with the addition of Tyler Johnson with the addition of Alex Perry and then the the signing of Doug Suttle yet again they've really increased their star ranking uh, in in this class and that's a better overall indicator uh, the average star rating on on scout.com than it is the number of overall recruits you have where your signing class or where your recruiting class is at this point in the recruiting cycle right so if you just uh, go on some of a source and, and you and you look at the drop down menu you can check out the team rankings and one of the mistakes that I think could be made there, um, if you're not really getting fully immersed into it, is you just see ASU's 51st in the team recruiting rankings and you say, oh, they're, they're not doing that well in this class uh, as compared to how they finished in previous classes. Uh, as we know, Kerry, uh, ASU's uh, been in the, inside the top 20 uh, in, in uh, two of the last three years. And then last year was ranked 30th, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, in the class. And, um, and so you say, well, this is a big drop off. But uh, when, you, when you go deeper, you can actually sort by average star ranking, and that reveals that ASU is 19th nationally right now. Um, they, they don't have as many commits as a lot of the, the programs that, that are ahead of them when you just look at the overall team rankings. Uh, and and uh, ASU is really not that far off from the average star ranking of the best class that they've ever had which was in 2015 when they finished 17th overall. They had a 3.43 average star ranking. Uh, right now they're uh, probably within one four-star recruit. If, 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 they, if their next four-star recruit, if their next commitment, I should say, was a four-star recruit, they would probably uh, exceed um, that uh, in terms of their average star ranking. And so uh, they're, they're having a very good class, uh, particularly when you consider how they've been on the field the last two years and the product's not been very good, especially on the defensive side of the football, the back-to-back sub 500 seasons. And yet uh, recruiting and especially local recruiting hasn't necessarily reflected that uh, given what's now really transpired uh, in the last couple weeks. Well, that, that's a great point. And if you, if you go on sundevilsource.com and you're sorting by the different ways that, that scout allows you to sort recruits, you can look at the state of Arizona and the addition of Tyler Johnson was huge for the Sun Devils because, they've now secured commitments from two of the top five prospects in the state with Ryan Kelly, the four-star quarterback out of Basha High School, being the other. And then on top of that, the Sun Devils are still in the mix, really in the mix for the other three prospects that round out the top five, the top overall prospect in the state and five-star offensive tackle, Austin Jackson out of North Canyon High School. You've got Isaiah Polamau out of Mountain Point and KJ Jarrell, the safety out of Saguaro and Scottsdale. So the Sun Devils clearly uh, bulking up on their local recruiting 
recruiting resources, and it's made an impact, at least so far in this year's cycle, with six of the 11 commits now being local prospects. Yeah, and, and if you really f- want to go even deeper into it, you can uh, check out the previous classes that ASU signed. Uh, you go to that football recruiting drop-down menu, uh, then you check out the commits, and then once you go to the commits, you can do some advanced uh, search within there, and you can look at the previous classes, and, and what you'll find from that is that only one time as ASU signed uh, in the last 15 years, the whole history of the database that's up there right now, uh, only one time as ASU signed more than two in-state four or five-star prospects, and that was in 2002, the first year uh, of the of, uh, of the the database as it currently exists. So uh, they signed three uh, four-star players or better that year. And overall, they, they, they took a very big haul. How many were there total? There were 10 total that year. That set the record, at least in the in the scout era for ASU. Right. And that, that was uh, the first full cycle of the Dirk Cutter era when he was really making a push on local recruiting. A lot of those guys didn't pan out for ASU. But uh, what we have uh, currently in this class is two four stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have uh, the good chance of getting at least one or, or up to three more uh, four stars who are local. Um, one would tie a record, two would break the record. Uh, ASU has six in-state commitments out of its 11 in-state commitments. So they're actually tracking toward threatening uh, that uh, record in-state of, of 10. And far and away, this is the the most success that Todd Graham has had recruiting uh, locally in terms of high school commitments. They, they're already uh, past the record that, they, that they've set in their last four classes in terms of the in-state commitments. Uh, and, and so they are on a very good trajectory uh, right now as it relates to securing um, more of the in-state talent. And, and that's something that's been talked about really for as long as we've been doing this. Coaches wanting to do a better job of putting up a fence around the valley. And it's not just getting the in-state talent. It's getting the top end in-state talent for Todd Graham that's so important during this recruiting cycle. If you look at 2016, ASU only signed four players from the state of Arizona, which was still tied Todd Graham's best class. So he's clearly in a position to improve on that with six commits already. But two of those players were Nikhil Harry and Chase Lucas, a pair of four star recruits. Harry is already a freshman All-American. He was named to the scout.com freshman All-American team this morning. And Chase Lucas has a bright future ahead of him. So ASU is doing well there. In 2015, the Sun Devils only had three commitments from in-state players, no four stars. It was Steve Miller, Cade Cody, a pair of offensive linemen, and then quarterback Bryce Perkins out of Chandler. And 2014, the same thing. Three, three players from Arizona. 2013, three players from Arizona. And when you look at those classes, it was Quinn Bailey, Ismael Murphy Richardson, and Tyler Wiley in 2014. 2013 was Kiss Majagny, Grant Martinez, and Chance Cox. So really, if ASU is able to land these five-star uh, this four, five-star offensive tackle in Austin Jackson and the two four-stars in Isaiah Polamauer, KJ Jarrell, or, or some combination of those players, the Sun Devils are setting themselves up for a very promising year in, in the state of Arizona, and they're setting themselves up with the ability to build on that in the future. And that's how you end up having a higher star rating average. It's how you end up having a better class ranking overall. That's how you, you, uh, you develop momentum recruiting in the state because, as we've already found out from talking to Isaiah Polamauer, now as an example, it matters to him that Nikhil Harry's having success uh, locally in the state, just as it mattered uh, to guys uh, uh, to see DJ Foster have the success that he had as a local player and, and uh, getting a lot of, of action and becoming a freshman All-American when he did that uh, following Todd Graham's first class. So 
um, there, there's some some definite positives that you can point to. Um, and we already know, Carrie, that, that Todd Graham has a tendency to recruit junior colleges very successfully. So he has that kind of feather in his cap and, and the ability to demonstrate uh, success that translates, um, you know, beyond beyond uh, college in, in the case of some of those guys like a Demarius Randall or Marcus Hardison. So um, there, there are some some really clear positive signs, um, despite uh, what has been. Uh, really a, a, a bad couple of seasons for ASU on the football field. Yeah, 6 and 7 in 2015 with a loss in the Cactus Bowl here locally and then 5 and 7 this season with a loss at the end of the season territorial cup to the Arizona Wildcats that prevented ASU from going bowling this year, but as you mentioned Chris, right now ASU is 19th overall in the country of all the programs in terms of the average star ranking of its recruits. So though the Sun Devils are just 51st overall in terms of their recruiting class, we expect that that number should should rise and that's because ASU is still interested in a number of high profile prospects and when you go down the list we'll split this up into players who have already visited ASU and players who have yet to visit ASU but are still considering official visits and will likely make official visits during the month of January so in the month of December, ASU has already had these prospects on campus. Four-star junior college linebacker Gary Johnson, four-star cornerback from junior college ranks Javante Dean, Austin Jackson, we mentioned him, running back Eno Benjamin out of Texas. He really likes the Sun Devils. Todd Harris, a cornerback from uh, the South, is is in on the Sun Devils. Isaiah Polamau, and, uh, we mentioned him. And then K.J. Jarrell hasn't visited ASU officially yet, but he has been on campus a number of times. Yeah, and we're not going to go into each of these kids individually, but really the, the, that's something we'll do on, in the premium podcast, but it just shows you that they're that they've already had a bunch of um, very highly regarded prospects that have been on their campus that they're that are still considering ASU, and so that gives you the opportunity to continue to boost your overall class. Um, uh, there's a, I would say overall, a very good chance of getting at least some of those four star guys that have already visited. And when you look at the guys who haven't visited yet, Joseph Lewis, George Moore, you've written about more on the site already. Greg Johnson, Brad Stewart, a cornerback, Thomas Johnson, a linebacker from Alabama, Isaiah Slade, Maltautia, uh, KJ Jarrell will still visit officially. We presume, uh, in January. And then big news came out this morning of a USC running back commit. One of the top overall prospects in the country, Stephen Carr said that he He's lined up a visit for ASU in the month of January. Yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to get uh, a number of those guys on the board for ASU, just given that um, where their recruitment stand right now. And, and and but man, you're talking about like a few of the top 100 players in the country, even one top 10 player in the country, at least in terms of a, as a recruit. And so the, so uh, certainly this ASU staff is uh, delivering a lot of talent to its campus for official visits. And that's a, a prerequisite to being able to sign a good class. So um, again, we don't know how this thing's gonna finish up, but uh, there was a lot of doom and gloom when you see ASU go through a four month stretch without getting any commitments. Uh, they were stuck on eight for a really long time. Then you see the way that the season ended, six consecutive losses, and, and um, it looked like you were having an almost unrecoverable, unrecoverable nosedive uh, sort of a, a spiral that was taking place, and, and now they've recovered from that. Uh, the commitment of Blake Barnett and his signing and what they've been able to accomplish uh, elsewhere in recruiting, 
uh, has been probably more impressive than you would even would have anticipated uh, given those things. And uh, at a minimum, they have the ability to sell immediate playing time just uh, after uh, some of the, the ways that they were exposed this past year. And one of the byproducts of ASU not having very many recruits early in the cycle is now you're going to see these recruits start to roll in. You you already mentioned in this podcast, it could be an average of two a week for the Sun Devils to really complete their recruiting class until the end of the cycle. I believe signing day is February 1st this year. So if, if you've been holding off on signing up for sundevilsource.com, waiting on your subscription for because the Sun Devils had a five and seven season. You weren't sure what the future of the program was going to look like. These next five to six weeks are going to be extremely exciting for Sun Devil fans and extremely uh, newsworthy because there's going to be so much happening in the recruiting landscape as the Sun Devils really add to their class and, and, and build this 2017 recruiting class that's shaping up to be, to be a good one for Todd Graham. We've probably been even busier uh, in the last couple weeks than we were towards the, the end of the season, just with all, all the, the happenings and talking to all these guys who've been visiting and, and uh, just giving context and perspective. Um, you know, this, this is a fun time of year for us because it really caters to our membership base because so much of the work that we're doing is, is um, much more in-depth and, and on the premium side uh, of our of our site and um, and I think that's resonated with everybody and there's just so much talk that's going on in the devil sanctuary um, which is our, our our the most active message board community for ASU fans and our premium board I mean there's hundreds of posts a day typically uh, and, and so we'd love to have more people kind of join in there and, and take part in the conversation that's going on and 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 give give us your thoughts about uh, just how you feel about the Sun Devils right now. Um, the people tend to get really excited, Kerry, about recruiting because that that's your infusion of talent that's going to help you um, get over uh, being in, in, in a bad way uh, on the football field when you've had uh, periods of, of, of drought and not winning as many games as fans hope to have. And so there's a lot of excitement right now as a result of what's going on in recruiting that doesn't necessarily – uh, reflect the way that fans feel about the season. There's already been a kind of a turning of the page in in some respects. And right now we're in the midst of an extensive data-driven analysis on the website where we're looking at recruiting data over the last 10 years, really spanning the Dennis Erickson and Todd Graham eras at Arizona State. And we're doing a multi-part series examining uh, different aspects of recruiting. And ultimately, our research is going to lead us to a hypothesis on how the Sun Devils can best optimize their recruiting operation based on where they've had success in the past and how they've operated in the past. And so what we've done first off, Chris, we talked about this last week on the premium podcast, we uh, looked at commitment dates of recruits and and looked at the trends there, where ASU was getting its commits, when it was getting its commits during the recruiting cycle, and looked at the success of specific commits, rating them as multi-year starters, one-year starters, reserves, or players who didn't end up playing at ASU. And then on Friday, we released uh, a very extensive look at the regionality of recruiting and looking at uh, where exactly these players are coming from on the map, uh, the different approaches that Dennis Erickson and Todd Graham have taken to recruiting the local hotbeds in Arizona and Southern California, recruiting within that key 500-mile radius that we talk about a lot, and really what Graham has done outside of that 500-mile radius as well, and and if he's had success or not in that regard. And what we're going to do next is we're going to be plotting all of the recruits individually, over 240 signees over the last 10 years, on a giant recruiting map, and we'll have this up this week on the site. 
We're going to be able to take a look at the significance of the most impactful recruits for ASU, their star rankings, where ASU is getting these top recruits from, where ASU is getting its lesser recruits from, and we're really going to be able to, to provide a full national uh, map of the Sun Devils recruits of the last 10 years, and I think it's content that we're both really excited about because it's going to be able to help us analyze ASU's recruiting operation this year and in, in, in the years to come. Yeah. Are you saying that this can't just be put in a couple of 140-word <laughs> letter tweets? The, uh, 140 character honestly, tweets? Honestly, the titles of these articles are so long that I can barely fit those in 140 character the tweets. Thing, the, the thing here is that we, we live in this um, Twitterized social media era in which things become so so thin and glossed over that you never get this really deep, more deeply enriched uh, experience of information. And if you if you like following recruiting via social media or, or uh, other types of, of free publications that are out there, I, I got to be honest with you, those, those only really scratch the surface of of uh, covering ASU recruiting and. and to get a, a much more deeply immersive experience, you're going to want to subscribe to Sun Devil Source, and there, there's no, uh, there's nothing out there that's going to be an alternate option to that. Uh, if you're passionate about ASU, you follow the football team closely, and you're excited about recruiting, um, you really have to get on the site and experience. Um, our, our membership uh, community and all the content that goes along with that uh, to really be able to uh, fully embrace that passion that you have. And, and um, your husband or wife may not like it because <laughs> you'll be on the computer a lot more than, or on your phone a lot more. Yeah, just use the app. It looks, looks better. Use, yeah, use the <laughs> you app. Sneak in and, some more time. Exactly. But uh, no, but I, I'm very excited to, that we're able to do um, some of these deeper dive things that we've been reporting on here in the multi-part series on the regionality and, and timing of um, commitments and, and signees at ASU. And, and we're going we're gonna to f- flesh that out to the absolute maximum as we continue to move forward. All right, Chris, one final note to touch on on this Sun Devil Source podcast, and that is ASU's basketball team, which dropped a tough 81-70 game against New Mexico State on Saturday evening. Uh, the Pac-12 had seven bids last year, and the conference, uh, at least through the non-conference slate, looks like it's going to be much weaker this year. It's not going to secure nearly as many bids yet. The Sun Devils have shown throughout the the non-conference slate that they won't be able to take advantage of the softness of the league this year, and that was epitomized in a loss to a non-conference opponent that, though it's had success in recent years, has gone to the NCAA tournament, the Sun Devils should beat on an annual basis. Oh, yeah. I thought there there would be more parity a little bit in the Pac-12 this year, Kerry. Of course, at the top, you have UCLA, which has beat Kentucky and, and demonstrated really that it's a national player this year. Uh, Arizona is um, going to be a, a there at the end of the year as a top you know, probably three seed nationally. Oregon has been uh, great uh, in terms of its coaching and, and, and the product they've put forth on the floor under Dana Altman. And USC is still undefeated, really, going into the, the last couple of weeks of, of December. I think that USC isn't as good as those other three teams, but is still putting together a good non-conference profile. You'll probably end up having four teams, maybe five from the Pac-12 that end up making the NCAA tournament. This was a type of year where if ASU was a middle of the 
uh, of the road type of a Pac-12 team, there would be an opportunity to sneak in, particularly given uh, the difficulty of ASU's non-conference schedule. But it hasn't gone well uh, for the Sun Devils, and and there's a variety of reasons for that, of course, um, not the least of which being just how shallow that they are on scholarship talent, and in particular the front court uh, following the departure of Sam Cunliffe, who who's planning to transfer. Uh, they were down to eight scholarship uh, players because they also had Maurice Field who had a concussion. He doesn't really play in the rotation uh, uh, anyways, and at least he wasn't prior to the Cunliffe uh, transfer plans, and but um, he, he might have played in this last game that was a loss to New Mexico State, but he wasn't available, which, which meant that ASU really had only eight scholarship players that they could use. Um, one of those players, Andre Adams, has had uh, consecutive ACL injuries, right? So that's, you know, that, that's a problem. And um, I, I don't know that this team is really going to get um, much better as the season progresses. And, and there's some headwinds that are associated there. Um, but uh, one of the most alarming things probably is just the, the um, what Bobby Hurley has said about his team, which really reflects there not being enough intensity, uh, passion, commitment on the floor. Uh, he was ejected from uh, the New Mexico State game in the second half after uh, his team um, was really getting its rear end kicked for the first uh, dozen or so minutes uh, of the period. I should say about eight, eight or nine minutes of the period. It was a 22-9 uh, run by New Mexico State that opened what was a two-point halftime game into a really big lead, a 15-point lead. And um, Hurley got a second technical foul. And only after that did we see a, 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 a greater intensity on the floor, especially on the defensive end from ASU. And that's a sign of, a, of an immature uh, a program. Um, really, you should be able to, to deliver that on a consistent basis on the defensive side of the floor, as opposed to needing to have your offense springboard your defense or, 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 or vice versa. And um, and you're going to have to get that resolved because um, um, when when you start losing a lot, then then maybe it, it, you, it becomes um, you know a sense of desperation that you're not going to have a good season, and then that almost sort of begets um, a a continuation of of not putting forth a great effort in a way that doesn't necessarily improve. Uh, your program uh, as you as you uh, as you progress. Well, these issues are popping up early in the tenure of Bobby Hurley, just his second season in Tempe as the head coach of the Sun Devils. We'll see if the Sun Devils can get things straightened out over the holiday. They've got Creighton coming up next at Wells Fargo Arena, a team that's undefeated, ranked in the top ten in the country, and the Sun Devils have not fared well against top ten opponents this season, top twenty five opponents, I should say. Uh, they've already lost to Kentucky and Purdue, and Creighton certainly seems like it will be. A difficult test. Yeah, blown out in both of those games that you mentioned there, and and it's going to be hard to keep it close against uh, Creighton. Uh, there's a chance for ASU to be a 500 or just over 500 team heading into conference play here at the end of the month. Uh, but the 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 overall focus needs to remain intact, which is focusing on playing together individual uh, improvements. Uh, being more team-centered and and, and skill development, the, the, all those things um, are kind of hard to, to, to have as your perspective when you're not playing that well and not having the results that you want. But but that's essential to uh, 
to to building up this Bobby Hurley era at ASU. Well, that will do it for the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We'll also have a Sun Devil Source Premium Report podcast out this week. Be on the lookout for that. For publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Kerry Crowley. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, guys.